Hey guys, this is Mo Sider from the Detroit Red Wings. You guys listen to Lockdown Red Wings. You're Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Lockdown Red Wings podcast. Today is Monday, February 1st, 2021, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com right now, use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get 20% off of your next order. I am Detroit sports writer Nolan Bianchi. Today, as always, longtime Red Wings fan and kidney stone survivor, Ethan Smith alongside with me. How's it going, Ethan? It's going great. Thank you for having me. All right, today we've got a uh, really good interview for you guys today. I know we said we're going to run the Donovan Sobrango interview on Tuesday. We decided to run it on Monday because uh, Red Wings playing late. We figured we'd just do a more all-encompassing recap uh, on Monday for Tuesday's show instead. So we flip-flopped. We'll have the weekend recap against the Panthers on Tuesday. And we're recording this actually before the weekend even has started. That's why we just wanted to get it out of the way. So we'll have the, the recap of... Saturday night's game against the Panthers and Sunday night's game against the Panthers on Tuesday. Then the next day, we're going to have Armando Velez from Lockdown Panthers come on the show. And he's going to talk to us a little bit about what the long-term outlook looks like, because I'm pretty sure that it's like they have like four more games against the Panthers over the next 10 or something like that. So uh, we'll be good to get acquainted with them. In the meantime, however, we do have an awesome interview today. Uh, Ethan and I really enjoyed this one. Donovan Sobrango, third-round pick from this last draft, uh, defenseman from the Kitchener Rangers. Just a really nice kid, really fun to talk to as well. Oh, yeah, dude. The guy's awesome. I'm happy just, we're putting this out today. It was interesting to hear what he had to go through in that draft year and, like, once it was all said and done. Because, like, I think when we talked to, like, when we were really kind of talking about that, it was mainly before the draft, so we still didn't really know what to expect. And it was just interesting to hear how – what it was like to have your draft year in 2020. Cause that that's just insane. Oh yeah, I know. I just, I mean, this year too is going to be just as, just as crazy too. So we have to get somebody on that we draft in the upcoming draft too, I guess. Absolutely. I, guess. I mean, I guess we're going to have to talk to somebody, right? <laughs> uh, so we talked to him about, you know, meeting with the Red Wings beforehand, whether he had an inclination that he was going to go to Detroit, what that post draft process looks like, and just a whole lot of other fun stuff. We give you opportunity to get to know him a little bit. So it's a really great time. I hope you guys enjoy the interview. And like I said, tomorrow we'll be right back here with uh, an, a recap of the weekend, uh, two games against the Florida Panthers. And then Wednesday we'll have more of a long-term outlook against the Panthers. So rate, review, and then subscribe. That's the only way to make sure that that is ready for you when you wake up in the morning. Uh, but in, other than that, I think that's all we got for you guys. So let's get to the interview with Donovan Sobrango. All right, at this time, we now welcome on the 63rd overall pick in the 2020 NHL draft. He was selected by Detroit from the Kitchener Rangers, and now he is set to embark on his first season as a Red Wings prospect. And today, he's our guest at the Lockdown Red Wings podcast, Donovan Sobrango. Welcome to the show, man. It's good to have you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we want to get into a, a whole wide range of things, you know, uh, your tryout with the Griffins that's coming up, uh, what you did over quarantine, the summer, things like that. But I was looking at your hockey DB page when I was preparing for this, and I saw that you had uh, five games on loan uh, in the Slovakian league. 
this year. And in those five games, you racked up 50 penalty minutes. And I thought that had to be uh, an, uh, an error by whoever puts those stats in, but turns out it's not like what, what the heck dude. Uh, it's different over there. So I thought that I could come in kind of play my physical style of game. And I realized that there's no one that I didn't see anyone that hit and came in, <laughs> and I came into the third or third period in my first game or no, it was in between. It was the middle of the second and I kind of turned the puck over and I ended up hitting a guy pretty bad and he went down, he was bleeding everywhere. So the way it works, they gave me a, a five and a 10 and then they kicked me out there. So, but I was allowed to play the next game. And then the next game I go in and I was over there with two uh, other Canadians too. So I, and he got jumped by like, I kid you not the whole, the whole line. He hit someone and <laughs> five guys just tackled them. So I didn't think anything of it. Like playing in the OHL, I dropped my gloves and I take one guy and they considered that fighting. So then they kicked me out there too. And then I ended up getting 50 penalty minutes and ended up leading my team in penalties in two games. So it definitely was a crazy start. That's awesome. I was like, I was like, oh, I didn't know he was a fighter. And then I was like looking at your other penalty minutes from throughout the years. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, he's averaging less than a, a minute per game. And then over here, he's got 10 per game. I was, I had, I just had to ask about it. Yeah, it was, it was a crazy start. Now, what's what was the, it like? uh, what's the Slovak league like compared to the, the OHL? Um, I'd say the skill wise, it's not anything compared to the OHL, but I think, I think it's just a different style of game. Like it's a bigger ice. So it's like, they're very structural and very kind of very stick to the game plan. So, I mean, skill-wise, it wasn't exactly there as like it would be in the OHL, but I think they played – it was basically the same. It's kind of more structure and a bigger ice, so it took a bit to get used to, but once you get used to it, it feels the exact same. Now, a lot of adults in that league, or is that a junior league that you were in? Or Yeah, I think my captain was 37, so there's some older <laughs> guys in there. <laughs> What's that like? Because like, I, I mean, like everybody kind of experiences it in the one way or another, like whether it be like me, I worked in restaurants and like I was 19, just like learning from like jaded 35 year olds and things like that. But just like when you're, uh, you're in a professional sports locker room and there's this wide age gap, how do you relate to those guys? Like, is it weird at all? Like what about the language barrier too? Yeah. The language was definitely the kind of the thing that kind of threw it's kind of hard to get to know people at first, but I think, I think what I kind of learned is like you're playing with older guys and I don't think they fully kind of, I guess, uh, let me in until I started kind of proving myself. So, I mean, the first two games I didn't really get to play, so I didn't really get to get too close with guys. And then after that, I started playing pretty well and started getting, helping our team out. And that's kind of when they really kind of started like bringing me in. So I thought once I started like, kind of producing and kind of helping our team in a way that's kind of when you kind of get to create a good bond with kind of you got to think they're older guys and they want to win and kind of want to make playoffs so once you start producing they'll start to like you a little more anybody chirp you for the penalty minutes uh then we joked around about it but i don't i don't not many of them spoke english but i think there's definitely a few slovakian chirps that i didn't know about (laughs) (laughs) i was just thinking too like i'm sure that was a that was a way to you know endear yourself to uh to your new teammates is just you know you're down to drop the gloves whenever wherever yeah i think <laughs> after that game they sat us down and they tried to tell them as best as we could that they they liked that and they respected us for that <laughs> me and another canadian guy that got in a fight at the same time so that's kind of when they started really kind of being more open and starting to like us more they thought it was funny they never really seen any fights happen before so 
It's like straight out of the movie Slapshot. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Phenomenal. Uh, all right, so weird draft year for you. I mean, uh, weird draft year for everybody. Weird year for everybody, frankly. Uh, but did you really, I mean, going through the whole draft process, was there, did you lack a sense of normalcy? Because you've never been through this process before. Like, you don't have anything to compare it to, except for maybe the OHL draft. Uh, but I guess just your expectations versus how it went did you feel like it was a weird year in that respect um honestly i i actually didn't really mind it i mean it got dragged on for months and months but bottom line is i got to have zoom calls i mean a pretty steady amount of zoom calls with nhl team that talk with general managers or scouts so honestly i didn't really mind it because i thought it was pretty cool getting to talk to all those important people but I think it was kind of everything I kind of expected just in a longer process. And I think, I think the only thing that was really different from the OHL draft was you can't, you know, you kind of have an idea in the OHL where you're going to go. And this was just kind of, I had no idea. I just was kind of watch the TV and see if your name pops up. How many people did, how many teams did you interview with? I think Is them all, everybody? I think everyone except Dallas. Really? Okay. Ouch. What was the, so we hate the Dallas <laughs> What was uh what was Detroit's interview like? Um, I mean, we only hear stories about just like some people are more laid back, other people are trying to I don't know, trying to give ask you weird questions and shit. Yeah, they were uh they were a little more I wouldn't say stricter, but I'd say they're a little more they were a little more sturdy with their conversation and just kind of really wanted to get to know me and ask me even ask me simple questions if it be if I was a good practice player, just like I know they had some pretty incredible guys on there you got Lidstrom you got Cleary you got uh, Draper on there so I was a little a little intimidated to start off with and they come out uh, firing questions at me so it was a little it was a little more intense than other ones but I wouldn't say it was anything too crazy yeah the last thing that that I would want is Nick Lidstrom to ask me about my offensive capabilities as a defenseman <laughs> yeah, yeah. right yeah, what was yeah. the Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Donovan. Yeah, he's asking me questions. I'm just trying to make it simple and short <laughs> to the point. What, what was uh? Can you think of what's like the weirdest question anybody, any teams asked you? Um, I don't know. I don't think there was any too too weird ones, but I think there's a couple of math questions. Like on, we used to have to at the beginning of kind of the draft year, you fill out like surveys. There's a couple of just random division questions where I got to ask my buddy beside me to oh, do the math quickly on. but I don't think anything too too crazy in the face-to-face or zoom call ones okay it's like six remainder two yeah. uh <laughs> <laughs> so you you mentioned your your interview with Detroit and I, I don't want to speak for you but what it kind of sounds like is that they were a little more business-minded probably yeah. in that approach does that give you any like I guess after the fact knowing you know you go through all those interviews and stuff like that are you like okay cool I'm glad I went to this organization because they meant business and I know that that's kind of how they operate uh you know unilaterally across the organization yeah I think especially one thing that kind of points out to me is I uh I think it was my first or second call with them and uh we were wrapping up the interview and then a scout kind of uh kind of finished it off by telling me that he didn't think that I was he didn't think that I was bad but he didn't think I was my normal self in my uh, prospect game and uh I think just kind of looking through it I think I went back and watched it after and he was right and 
I think just kind of now getting drafted them and kind of just seeing the honesty and kind of the the business first mindset they had going to the Zoom call was kind of just a good feeling that they're being upfront with me when they didn't really know me that well. And now just be, now that I know them well and just uh, they're only going to make me better and be honest and kind of have a good relationship with them. All right, got to jump in here real quick to talk to you guys today about betonline.ag. That's right, folks. Super Bowl is coming up this week. Who's your money going on, Ethan? The the um, or the Chiefs? Uh, Kansas City. You have to. Uh, with the way that Kansas City has been rolling lately, I learned this the hard way uh, about two weeks ago that you should you don't get rich betting against the Kansas City Chiefs. Thought with my heart, not my brain. Made that play. Lost five hundred dollars. I could have won five hundred dollars if I was just stopped being such a big stupid idiot for two seconds. Uh, but I did not. And uh, so if you want to get rich on the Super Bowl, place a little bet on the Kansas City Chiefs. You know you want to. Uh, and there's only one place that has you covered and only one place that we trust. It's betonline.ag. When you sign up for a free account today at betonline.ag and use our promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and don't forget to use that promo code LOCKDOWN to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. At Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. There's an old man sitting next to me, making love to his tonic and gin. <laughs> Get more of the sports you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, now, before that, there's like seven, eight months. I honestly, I can't even like count the months of last year. They all like, it's just one month. It's January, February, rest of the year. Yeah. Uh, so I can't count that. Anyways, <clears throat> you had a long time in between not playing with the Kitchener Rangers and then getting drafted by the Detroit Red Wings and now having a tryout with the Grand Rapids Griffins. But I'm curious to know what you did uh in your quarantine days? Like, I, I guess just, uh, we'll start with, you know, how you trained and things like that, but I guess more on a, a more fun aspect, things you did to keep yourself busy. Cause it was great for me, like not having to leave the house and play video games. Like that was perfect. What, what were you, uh, what were you doing? Uh, yeah, I think just for working out, I had some little weights at my house and I just, I kind of had to kind of for my workouts kind of more around body weight or kind of how I can make those weights feel heavier than what they were. But I think just kind of, I was doing the same thing as basically anyone was doing just home workouts. And then when the rinks started open, I was just skating, but I think for fun, I mean, I think I got pretty good at Fortnite over the, over the break. And I think I kind of used the time to get better at other sports too. I noticed like my hand, eye wasn't that good in hockey. So I tried to figure out in other sports, I went to basketball, try to get my hand, eye better and like, get my hands better so I just tried to improve any way at hockey I could so I went to basketball to work on my hand eye rollerbladed a lot just anything that could kind of keep me in uh keep me in shape and kind of get ready for whenever we did start you got handles on the court I wouldn't say I'm bad I'd say I'd say I'm getting I'm getting there I think I'm okay. a decent I'm a decent player now all right yeah, if the Red Wings ever have like a three-on-three -three basketball game or like players versus, well, not teachers, players versus management basketball game, you'll probably be the first pick. Yeah, I should be. <laughs> um, one of our other shows on this network, Lockdown Sharks, 
uh, they had Tristan Robbins on a couple months back. I think it was right after the draft. He said uh, that he, or they, they asked him if he read uh, the draft profiles and, and things that people were putting out there on him. And he said that he did because it helped him understand what people or why people might not pick him or, you know, be more aware of things that he should work on. And, and I would imagine that that's a pretty productive uh, approach to it, but it, not everybody is built to handle that type of, you know, uh, capacity. I know I can only read, you know, so many comments on things or, or just whatever your uh, job is. It's not always easy to handle detractors. Did you read uh, the stuff that was written about you leading up to the draft? And, and I guess, how did you handle it? If so? Yeah, I, I definitely read it. And I think uh, kind of going over, I mean, it wasn't easy for me to read it, but I think I kind of took the approach. I mean, the way I looked at it is I knew we were going to be in quarantine for a while. So I kind of built on the things that they said. And I think one was, he's, he, I wasn't strong enough. And I think kind of looking at myself being in quarantine and now I put on 15 pounds and I think looking at the reports, they were right. I mean, I was just a scrawny kid trying to play a big man's role. And I think <laughs> they kind of, if I had a three chance now, I don't think any scouting reports would say that I'm kind of not strong enough or not uh, anything there. But I think also another one that kind of kept popping up was they weren't sure if my offensive game was there. And I think looking back I don't think I had the offensive year I would have want to have for my draft year but I think all the comments that I've been reading were uh were right and but uh it was definitely not easy to read them but I think it was definitely something I did need to read and kind of wake wake myself up a little bit yeah kind of just like the motivation like we we have like one we have one one star review on this podcast and no one called me at like 10 30 at night and read it out out loud to me (laughs) So you have to sometimes, I mean, like it's the only way to get better. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I actually, so I was, I was watching an interview with you earlier and you said that your coach getting fired uh, kind of really was a, a little bit of a wake up call for you. Um, you know, kind of forced you to, to work on the defensive end of the game. What was that process? Like, I guess just the mentality of doing a complete 180 on your style of play. Yeah, I think, well, go, I've kind of, I've never really been through that. I mean, like in minor hockey, you're going through a slump, yeah. you're losing games, just nothing really happens. It's just, you just hope it kind of turns around. And I think kind of going through, I didn't really have any winning or losing slumps my first year, nothing too crazy. And then going to your second year and you're, I just went through an injury too. And then you're in a big losing streak and then you come back and you're hoping to, kind of help the team and then you still end up losing a bunch of games and then you lose your coach. So I think kind of when I, I never really thought I we, we would fire him or anything of that. Cause I was still in a kind of minor, uh, minor hockey uh, mindset. But I think once seeing him leave, it was an instant wake up call that I gotta, I gotta change something. And I knew my offensive game wasn't rolling as much as I wanted to. So I knew I gotta kind of help any way I can. So I kind of started focusing more on the defensive game but I think once I kind of started focusing on that and kind of being good in the off- or defensive zone the offensive chances started to come but I think it was definitely a big wake-up call when I saw my head coach get fired I knew that I could get traded at any moment too with him so I knew uh, it was a big wake-up call. So what's the after draft process like in a year like this like I- I'd assume that it's most of the time you're just getting acclimated to a new organization or like what their plan is for you but uh, I mean, I'm kind of just assuming with all the shit that was going on, it's kind of like you're just chilling and waiting. Yeah, it's a, it's a waiting game. I mean, I can't really expect 
too too much and we're not playing right now so like we can't really get into any serious conversations or anything so I think we just kind of got used to each other got a good relationship kind of uh, built and um, just kind of just yeah just kind of just having good talks just kind of going over my play at world junior camp just kind of going over just some video and kind of highlights but nothing you can't really have anything too serious when I haven't we haven't even started our season yet Obviously, you would have liked to make that uh, Team Canada roster, but all things considered, I mean, it was all first-round picks. So, you know, nothing to hang your, your head about on that, but you, you go into this thing. How did you feel when you were there? Did you feel like you were competing? Uh, and I guess just what was that experience like? I, it, it reminded me of, like, I'm thinking, like, maybe in one day we'll get stories out of this camp like we do out of, like, the Dream Team United States yeah. basketball back in 88. Yeah, it was – it was a, when I got the call, I wasn't, I didn't really, I wasn't, I didn't get invited to, they had some summer call or zoom calls over the summer and I didn't get invited to those. I think it was a week long. So I wasn't, didn't have my hopes up too high that I was going to get invited to the next thing. But when I did, I was just ecstatic. And I mean, just, you can see the names on the roster, just, just being around those guys and just kind of feeding off and kind of nitpicking what they do is just, uh, it's incredible. I mean, you get to see, high picks. I mean, NHL players, you got Doc there. And I mean, just kind of seeing how they handle themselves and how they, even little details in the game that I never noticed that they do. So it was good to see, but then you get hit with the, we got hit with the big 14 day quarantine. So yeah. that, was, that was tough. I mean, especially in a hotel room, it just feels like the, by day six, the walls are just getting closer and closer to on you. But, <laughs> but it was, that part was definitely a struggle, but once you got through that, I mean, we got to play games, scrimmages, and I mean, there was no fans in the crowd, but it's just, it was good to kind of have competitors on the other side trying to score against you. How, what was, how did that all come down? Like, cause that was a massive story. And that was like a story that kind of sounded like it was going to put the world juniors in flux. Uh, but I guess just from your perspective, I mean, what, what is the day that, you know, tests start popping up what is the day that it's starting to look like this might not be an avoidable situation and then you finally get the news yeah we um we had a game early morning game i think it was and then i think it was going to be cuts either the next day or that night so i i think i was pretty i was pretty anxious and kind of i knew this might be uh this is kind of uh it was the first cut so i knew i wanted to obviously make it through those and kind of see but then then uh we got a we we heard a little rumor that it might have been some positive tests and we might be going back up to our rooms for the day, and then so we finished eating breakfast and they sent us up to our room and they uh, didn't tell us anything. They just kind of kept us there and they kept us there for a while and then we ended up then we ended up playing that night and basically sat in bed all night and then um, that right after that game is when they kind of um shut everything down and then that's kind of when we realized that i think we spent two days in there before or day and a half and then we had a call and they told us that we were staying in there for 14 days so i think once we kind of found that news out it kind of was it kind of hit me like a rock like 14 days in this room like i better get creative like i but uh i think the hard part was also just knowing that you got to go compete for a spot after 14 days so it was definitely had some challenges but i mean at the at the end of the day, you're still at a world junior tryout. So, I mean, it was still an honor to be there no matter what ha kind of happened. Now you do uh, have an amateur tryout with the Grand Rapids Griffins. We have referenced that. Uh, have you spoken with 
anybody from Detroit's front office about what they want you to work on, how you can stand out or just anything like that? Uh, yeah, I met them in person. I had to go over for a COVID test and I met them and I don't think we have anything really set in stone what they want me to, but I think just this is all a development thing. I think we're just kind of, I'm going to use it as kind of peek my head through the door and just kind of get my name in there and just kind of try to develop and kind of learn from all those guys in the locker room. I mean, it's a pretty great experience to get to be in that locker room. So I'm just going to use it kind of as a development uh um, and see kind of what uh, what I can learn from there and just kind of peek my head in the, in the door, get my name in there. Uh, do you know a lot about Grand Rapids or have you like seen Griffin's games? Because it is, they're, they're one of, I think, the more popular AHL teams around and when, uh, you know, everything's normal and fans are packing the place, like that place is buzzing. Yeah, I didn't know too much about them, but then I walked to the rink and I saw the rink and I was in shock by how, nice the wrinkle is and i just kind of just seen some clips of their season last year i mean it looks like a looks like a pretty fun place to play all right just got to jump in here again real quick to tell you guys that if i was a if i was an nhl draft prospect you know what i'd be eating leading up to the draft ethan bill bars bill bars you know what kind you know what flavor i would be eating uh double chocolate the double chocolate yeah that's probably uh what i would be going with because i like to i like to use my protein bars you know, that's like a little bit of a treat, especially when it comes to built bars, because they're all covered in hundred percent chocolate and they're all very soft and they're all very easy to chew. Right, it's, uh, it's absolutely terrific. Now I don't like when I go and get a protein bar from the gas station or whatever, it costs like $18 and then it's super chalky and half of it ends up on your lap. That is the absolute worst. Yeah. The whole opening, um, opening, it opens up really loud and you have to chew it. And if you're in a quiet room, I get self-conscious sometimes because I feel like everybody can hear me chew, but with bill bars, that's not an issue either. Absolutely not. And best of all, it tastes exactly like a candy bar. When you go to builtbar.com right now and use our promo code locked on L O C K E D O N, you'll get 20% off of your next order. That's promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Do not miss another big hockey story. Start your week off with Locked On NHL. Every Monday, Locked On Kings host Sarah Avampedo interviews local experts covering the biggest stories in hockey. Get reactions to blockbuster trades, deep dives on the teams destined to be at the top of the standings, and analysis of hockey's hottest stars. Subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you get your podcasts. All right, now back to the interview with Donovan Sobrango. Uh, now we are about to wrap up in just a second, but I, I wanted to ask you because uh, I know that you are an ambassador with National Service Dogs, and that is a cause that is uh, very near and dear to your heart. So I just wanted to ask, uh, you know, how you got involved with that, the story behind it, what the organization does, and then uh, how other people can get involved with that as well. Yeah, so uh, my mom was in a bad car accident, I think it was three, and a, three years ago, three and a bit years ago. And uh, she suffered a bad brain injury. And uh, so she gets a lot of treatment. I actually, she moved up to Kitchener where I play in the OHL just to get treatment there. So uh, it makes it a little easier to see my games too. But, and uh, she goes into a certain doctor and they have a service dog there for her. And uh, she's always telling me that how much it helps with her PTSD or anytime that she's feeling a little sick or something's bugging her, that dog, when she goes in there, that dog helps her a lot. So I was kind of, once I kind of got drafted and I kind of knew that I kind of had a bigger platform and kind of more reach in the hockey world, I knew it was kind of uh, time to kind of do something. And I uh, 
was looking through a couple and I saw the national service dogs. And I think just connecting with them, I knew instantly that, that I wanted to partner with them. So I think they just kind of, they run, um, uh, they run service dogs. They train puppies from when they were first born to be, uh, be, uh, service dogs for any, any type of, um, uh, illness or d- disease, any type of thing for people. So I think the way people can help is I just, uh, I actually just did a fundraiser. We, uh, raised $1,500 and we were selling masks with my face on it, with the dogs and my signature on it. So, uh, we ended up, yeah, we got to rate, uh, name, uh, a puppy so we named it ranger after my uh team so oh, i mean nice. that was so that was a pretty cool experience yeah i didn't think it was going to be that big of a hit but then we ended up signing out pretty quickly and reaching our goal pretty quick so that was a great feeling that's and then are they going to be restocked because i need one that's why I, I you know i saw it on your instagram and i was like i need one of those yeah we might need to they sold out really quick so i think we might need to get it going again We'll get some once you uh once you start with the Griffins, we'll just start gassing you up and uh you know just start posting a bunch of pictures of like you and dogs. That's gonna that's gonna be a hit. Yeah. Uh, we do have like a, a quick little game that we like to play sometimes. It's it's uh, a segment that we run on Fridays. It's called How Do You Feel About It Friday. So we're we're gonna ask you. We're just gonna say something and you know one random thing, and then you'll just tell us how you feel about it. Uh, yeah. Before that, Ethan had a question about your cats because he's a big cat guy i was gonna factor it in the how do you feel about it but smarty and roger are your cats right yeah that's great i'm i've got a cat named bruce i, I the name roger stuck out with me because i'm a big fan of just nor- naming pets it's like normal names like bruce or like yeah. something like that but like what tell me about your cats uh yeah <laughs> Please. it was uh i'm a big big cat guy i got a dog my house i'm not yeah i love dogs too but i think yeah. cats are cats are just especially roger roger i got her when i was super young and uh i don't know how i thought of the name i was just like i was joking around in the car with her in my, the box i forget what i was doing but i kept calling her roger and roger and then finally got home and we're like we're gonna i guess we gotta name it roger now because you've called it <laughs> a thousand times already she's gonna think that's her name and then smarty i was actually um it's a weird story. Um, I had a friend and she lived on a farm and she said that this cat just had uh, uh, new kittens. So I went to the farm and they saw me and they all scattered. And I finally it took me an hour and I finally found one like under like, a, like, I don't even know what it was under this door. And I ended up having to crawl through my hands and knees to grab this little cat. And then uh, I just took it home. And then this cat, I've never seen a cat like this. It's basically a dog like if i whistle it comes like anything i want it to do it's like it's like a miniature dog so i mean it's i love both my cats and i'm definitely i'm definitely a big cat guy so literally she's a smarty i, I thought it was like after like the candy smarties and i was fired up about that because i love smarties <laughs> but you know uh all right how do you feel about a friday here with Donovan Sobrango. Thank you so much for your time. We've had a, a, a lot of fun doing this interview so far, and we've got just a little bit more fun ahead. Uh, Old Spice, the deodorant and body wash brand. How do you feel about it? I guess, and shampoo. It's actually my go-to. It's funny you say that. I actually got a, I got a nice couple uh, deodorant sticks here just waiting for me, and uh, I think they're commercial. I think they're commercial. It's definitely kind of what's sell me on them. I think the guy uh peck popping and doing all that funny <laughs> funny things on the commercial definitely 
sell me. So yeah, I think they were definitely my go-to for deodorant at least. That's great. I don't trust anybody who uses anything but Old Spice deodorant. Are you are you a Bear Glove guy or you know like a, a Volcano? I like Fiji even. Uh, you can really mix and match. They all smell great. Yeah, honestly, I don't look too much at the name, but usually I, I if I kind of look at the color, if it's like a dark dark blue, maybe like a light green. I usually yeah, I can get a good sense. That's probably a good smelling one. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Ethan. What do you got? Um. Dasani or Ice Mountain? How do you feel about it? Or, well, it's a really crappy. That's that a bad. How do you feel about it? You just asked. I, I don't opinion. care. Dasani, Dasani or Ice Mountain? What's your go-to water? <laughs> go-to water. I'm actually a big sparkling water guy. It's, it's funny you say that. Like I was never, never could drink water. Never really liked anything. And my teammates showed me the Soda Stream thing. And I fell in love. So I mean, I think I'm a big bubbly guy. I don't know. Right. Bubbly is like I think I I think I go through like eight a day. And I'm not exaggerating. Like I'm pretty sure I drink eight a day. So I Jeez. think that's definitely my yeah. Like I might have like two bottles of water and then like eight bubbly cans. <laughs> you can't be doing that with like Perrier. Yeah. Or anything like that. Yeah, it's a little that's a little more expensive. So I go with a little cheaper bubbly and I'll drink a couple of those a day. Uh, well, my next one was also beverage related, but I, I don't, I want to kind of change it up a little bit. So I'm just gonna, uh, hockey cards. How do you feel about it? Pretty good. I think, uh, I was a big, like, I was a big card guy. So when I was younger, so I had Pokemon, like all the, all the cool, and then hockey cards was always a big one for me. I mean, I was a big Ovi fan and I really liked the Ovi Crosby rivalry that was kind of at the beginning of their career. So always, uh, I was more of an Ovi guy, so when I got Crosby, I kind of I'd give it to my sister because she liked him. I didn't want him in my pack, but <laughs> I think I think it was pretty cool going to hockey tournaments and just kind of trading with people if they had a cool looking Ovi card or a nice card. I'll switch them for a couple of maybe Crosbys. I'll ask my sister for them back and give them a couple Crosbys. That's funny. I used to uh, when I've told the story on the podcast before. When I was a kid, I was a little shithead, and I used to uh, autograph cards myself and then sell them or trade them to my friends for their jersey cards, uh, which I regret. I like deeply. If anybody that I did that to is listening to the show, I am sorry. Um, but yeah, I've I've always been big into them, and I, I guess I'm just also curious to know like how psyched are you to like have a hockey card in a, a couple years? Yeah, I mean it's pretty. Even even just an OHL card, that's not not a, in hindsight a big oh, big yeah, deal. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's pretty cool. I used to be I used to get like for my minor hockey teams, we'd have cards and I'd have zero stats. It'd literally just be our picture on it. Right. It'd be like I'd give them to my parents or my friends, and I'd like sign them and with a crappy signature, basically just write my name. So now that I have my own signature, and I mean, we have fans at our games that ask us to sign it. So I mean, even. Even in the OHL, the fan asks you to sign a card and you kind of see your picture, you see your stats. I mean, it's a pretty cool feeling. So if I ever do get to maybe play for Detroit one day and I see my uh, face on a Detroit Red Wings card, I mean, that would be that'd be the ultimate, ultimate pretty, uh, pretty cool goal, goal to see. That must be so sick to be like, huh, I really got to clean up my signature because a lot of people <laughs> are going to want it. <laughs> I don't even think I have one, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh ethan what do you got uh close us out for how do you feel about it friday um candles how do you feel about them i can't say i'm a big candle guy actually <laughs> my mom will always have one lit in the house they're like 
one that like if you sniff it once it smells good but then you got a whole room <laughs> you got a whole room filled with it and you just got the most pounding headache and you have it the rest of the day so i'm more of a uh, maybe like a febreze but candle you got that smell in there for the full day and it's just it's not a very good smell and it gets your head and it's just like i don't like them that's funny i, I do like febreze and i agree with you like especially the uh the ones that are like sugar cookie the ones that are like smacky in the face or like yeah. pumpkin guts you know exactly. you're like what the hell yeah. like, what? you take one sniff you're like okay it's not bad then you take another one and you just got a pounding headache for the rest of the day uh all right donovan sobrango thank you so much for coming on the show today man we've had a ton of fun where can people find you uh on twitter on instagram uh and i guess wherever else you'd like to be found uh instagram they can find me at d sobrango three and then twitter i believe it's d underscore sobrango three three maybe it might be that you might i don't know but yeah i use twitter a lot uh i use it a little bit but instagram is definitely my go-to all right, I got you. All right, everybody, go follow Donovan uh, on Instagram. Let's get those followers up so you can start, you know, becoming an influencer and, and stuff like that. And that'd be pretty sick as well. So thanks. <laughs> no problem. It's the most awkward interview ending of all time. Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.